heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. I'm your guest host today, Ilana Friedman, sitting in for my friend Malcolm Out Loud. And today, we're going to talk about some of the most disturbing events that have happened recently that have caused Americans to seriously question the path that we are on today and where it is most likely to be leading. Let's talk about the single watershed event that has been at the forefront of the news and no doubt will continue to be because it is so egregiously un-American and threatens to break the country up into civil war. And then we'll talk about what it really means to us, the American people. Of course, I'm talking about the raid on Mar-a-Lago. On the morning of August 8th, while it was still dark, some 30 FBI special agents descended on the private home of former President Donald Trump, drove the staff out, and took over Trump's private residence for nearly 10 hours. They not only searched his offices and storage areas, but they intruded into the private area of the home that should have been forbidden and no doubt would be for anyone else. Trump wrote about it on Truth Social. He wrote this, quote, nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before. After working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies, this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate, unquote. His words were tame, considering the backdrop of this outrageous intrusion into his private home. As it turns out, the FBI special agents were there to look for documents which they claimed Trump had taken illegally from the White House when he left it. We later learned that the search warrant identified three federal crimes that the FBI apparently were considering to be offenses that the former president had possibly committed. They were violations of the Espionage Act, obstruction of justice, and the criminal handling of government records. But in addition to his private office and other rooms where documents might be stored, they also went through the family's private quarters, as I said, including Melania's closets, as though official papers might have been stored in the sleeves of her dresses or in her underwear drawers. In the end, after 10 hours of searching, they took only 20 boxes of documents. The raid was disgraceful. This was the home of a former president of the United States. It was clearly a highly political effort to demean and discredit Donald Trump. It's the last in a very long list of efforts by the Democrats to do anything possible to keep Donald Trump from re-entering the White House. 
No former president in American history has ever had his home invaded by law enforcement and degraded in such a fashion. It was bad political theater at its worst, and the backlash has been significant. Funny, isn't it, that when Obama left the White House, he took with him 30 million pages of documents from the White House, and there was never an FBI invasion of his home. The FBI's raid on Mar-a-Lago was a watershed moment in American history, and I'm very afraid that with it, the Democrats have opened a Pandora's box that has released a host of genies that can never be put back in. They broke one of the basic traditions that defined America, the tradition of respect given to former presidents. The Democrats are so consumed by hatred of Donald Trump, we call it Trump derangement syndrome, that they cannot imagine a world in which they cannot keep the 45th president from being elected for another four-year term. And it is no laughing matter. This has become a cancer that is devouring the Democrat playbook and drives them to ever more extreme actions that are clearly against time-honored tradition, the Constitution, and the law. America has never seen anything like the venom that is pouring into the streets against Donald Trump and all those who support him. And the fact that those who support him represent at least half of the voting population in this country is significant. Now, we are facing midterm elections in less than three months. The sides have been drawn and the Democrats are getting increasingly hysterical as the elections draw closer. The FBI's raid on Trump's private home was the most extreme so far, and it crossed a line from which there is no turning back, because as the Democrats continue to escalate their attacks on Donald Trump, they are running out of more extreme options. What is there left for them to do to stop Trump from getting back into the White House? It's unthinkable. I have a question. It's about the Democrats. How many lies are they willing to tell? How much chicanery are they ready to employ? How many people are they willing to destroy? And how deep into the political muck will the Democrats gladly run in order to hold on to their power and their access to wealth and to keep the Republicans from interfering? from gaining the power that it would take to stop them. How much hatred can they harbor before they cross that red line that cannot be reversed? The answer seems to be that there is no red line that they will not cross. We've seen the five-year-long vendetta that they have carried on ever since Donald Trump first announced that he was running for president. They used every lie, stooped to every shady device, pulled every dishonest trick, and destroyed many of the people around Trump in order to get at him. From spying on his campaign in 2019, to the Russia-Russia hoax, to the Mueller investigation that cost $40 million and found out exactly nothing, and then the two impeachments that also found exactly nothing, 
and the disingenuous cries of insurrection after the January 6 riots, and then the rigged show trials that they called the January 6 hearings that was rigged from the beginning and whose only purpose was to find Trump guilty of everything up to and including treason. Those hearings would have made Stalin proud. What they have not counted on, however, was the sheer internal force that drives Donald Trump and keeps him going despite the unending attacks. And they also discounted the growing loyalty of his many millions of enthusiastically loyal supporters all around the country. So the sides have been drawn. On the one side, the Republicans who support Trump and the constitutional republic that our founding fathers so brilliantly gave to us as our heritage. And on the other side, the Democrats and the radical left, BLM, Antifa, the Marxists and the communists, who are the ones who have actually been rioting, burning down cities, and destroying the life work of the very people they claim to be fighting for. They are the ones who have been demonstrating with noise and vulgarity in front of the homes of the Supreme Court justices, a clear violation of federal law, for months on end and with no repercussions from federal or local law enforcement. And more and more evidence is emerging that they are the ones who whipped up a rowdy crowd of angry Americans and turned it into the mob that stormed the Capitol on January 6th. So now we are facing a defining election in which the Democrats are expected to cheat in order to win. They are running scared because the primaries are telling a story of their own. 93% of the Republicans running for Congress and U.S. Senate who were endorsed by Trump have won their elections, 93%. And Trump is still drawing tens of thousands of supporters to his rallies all around the country. Trump is not losing support because of the attacks on him. He is gaining support. And this has put the Democrats into panic mode so much so that they have weaponized the federal government against anything Trump. It's unlike anything we have ever seen before in this country. And the question is, and that's the big gorilla in the room that no one wants to talk about, what is left for them to do? What will they try next? And how will the American people react to an even more extreme effort to stop Trump? Friends, we need to face the fact that America is in very big trouble, and what's coming down the road at us is likely to be very ugly. If the election results in a Republican sweep, despite Democrat efforts to stop it, the Democrats and the Socialists and the Communists and the paid rioters, and there are many of those paid with sorrow spucks, they will not sit quietly and take it. We are likely to see the streets erupt in riots again throughout the country, just like they did in the summer of 2020. And people in MAGA hats or with Republican bumper stickers on their cars, they'll be at risk. And that will just be the beginning. And while all this is going on, 
Inflation will still be climbing. Food will become more scarce, particularly in the face of riots. And life, for those who can least afford it, will be unbearable. And our enemies abroad, China, Russia, Iran, will be watching this with glee, ready to take advantage of the mayhem in America and take our leadership in the world away from us for good as they take over and destroy everything that we have been trying to protect and save Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, and so many others. My friends, it looks like America has some dark days in front of us, not very unlike what we had before the Civil War. This is not a scenario that anyone wants to think about. It's dark and ugly and dangerous. What will stop it? There is only one thing that will stop it, I think. A strong leadership in Washington, something that is missing in our government today. Our president, Joe Biden, is being led around by the nose by the acolytes of Barack Obama. Our Congress is being led by raging Democrats whose mission it is to spend as much money as they can in order, they think, to secure their hold on power and access to wealth. But here's the problem. We America First Americans could never imagine how much damage the Biden administration could do to America, to the country we love, in such a short time. In 18 months, they have destroyed our energy independence and caused the price of oil and gas to shoot up to unimagined heights that hurt every low and middle class American around the country. They have opened up our southern border to everyone. And to date, some 3 million undocumented illegal immigrants that we know of have poured over our border and into our country. That doesn't count the getaways, whom we don't know of. And get this, while we have been required to be vaccinated, while soldiers and nurses and teachers have lost their jobs for not getting them, these illegal immigrants have come into our country without any such requirements. Three million of them. And when our mothers were desperate for infant formula to feed their babies, and there was none because of a supply chain problem, there was no shortage at the border. The babies of illegals were getting their formula. And the Democrats just passed what they cynically called the Inflation Reduction Act, whose name belies the reality that this bill will do just the opposite. It will inflate inflation. It will make it worse than it is. And it will lay the burden on those who can least afford it, the low and middle class, who are already struggling to make ends meet as they recover from two years of COVID lockdowns, the shutting of many companies and the loss of jobs, and now a runaway inflation that is hurting them every moment of every day. Everything about this new bill is a lie, 
and it is being forced on the American people by an arrogant Democrat cabal in Washington. What the Democrats and their allies on the left are doing is deplorable. They are destroying the very foundation of American excellence, the infrastructure of our freedoms, freedom of speech on social media and in the supposedly free press, freedom of worship when they closed our churches, freedom of assembly, but only for the conservatives, and guarantees of speedy public trial in front of a jury of our peers. My friends, this is a downhill process, and as we continue to slide, it gets faster and faster. So there is no time to waste. As I've said before, it's 15 seconds before midnight. We'll talk more about the current situation after the break with our guests today, Major General Paul Vallely and Congressional Candidate in the 3rd District of Iowa, Zach Nunn. Let's see how they think we can deal with this growing threat. I'm Alana Friedman, sitting in for Malcolm Out Loud, and you're listening to The Voice of a Nation on the America Out Loud Network. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Welcome back to The Voice of a Nation. I'm your guest host, Alana Friedman, sitting in today for Malcolm Out Loud. My guest today is a man who has devoted his life in service to America. After 32 years in the Army, he retired in 1993 as Deputy Commanding General, Pacific Command, and he forged a new career in media as a senior military analyst for Fox News and author with several books to his credit, and we'll get to that in a moment. 
He also has a wonderful website at StandUpAmericaUS.org. He speaks his mind about the things that are important, and that is just what we want on America Out Loud. My guest today is Major General Paul Vallely. General, welcome to the Voice of a Nation. Thank you, Alana. to be back in touch with you. Again. It is wonderful to be back in touch with you, General. Thank you for that. General, with all the things that are going on in the world, what do you think is the greatest threat to America today? Well, we see it happening right now, uh, and that's the threat from the uh, Communist Democratic Party and the current government we have. You know, I reflect back a lot. The American Republic was founded in 1776, and it's under attack now by a socialist-communist coalition and an out-of-control federal government. This coalition is composed of the Democratic Party, the House and Senate of the United States, the executive branch, specifically the Department of Justice. And the purpose of this socialist coalition is to overthrow the U.S. Constitutional Republic as it was founded, and it is changing America forever, a, a total uh, transformation of the republic into a communist totalitarian police state. We see that in action right now by the Justice Department and the FBI. And if you look back, tyranny is generally accepted as a severe form of government that is led by usually an incompetent leader in history who is both cruel and oppressive. And of course, we have Biden who's both and also clueless. Uh, <laughs> And these leaders are known as tyrants. Uh, an example of tyranny is a government that controls its citizens with fear. Look at what they've done with COVID, masking of America. And as a result of being otherwise unfit to lead, the ruler may attempt to keep his power by becoming increasingly cruel and authoritarian towards the citizens, infringing upon the rights in the process. So we see that happening right now. But we know, Alana, Biden is a puppet of Obama. Obama runs everything from Colorado about a mile from the White House, through Susan Rice in the executive office building, I think on the second or third floor, and she controls and directs everything that Biden does. We know that now for a fact. I'm glad to hear you say that because that's a very badly kept secret that nobody talks about. And I think it's important to talk about because Joe Biden, our president, is clearly not capable of doing the job that he has to do. Somebody has to be pulling the strings, and it seems to me very clear that it is Obama behind the curtain. Right, and then you global have the global shadow government, the global elitist, uh, Soros, Gates, uh, Zuckerberg, the big money people are really running everything. They're running it on Wall Street, they're running it in Europe, uh, Macron's a puppet, uh, Trudeau of, in Canada, uh, he's a puppet. So, uh, But, you know, here we have an executive branch in our country. It's abusing its authorities continually each and every day, exercising power, conducting illegal and tyrannical actions uh, through the Justice Department again and a militarized FBI. This is the beginning. Uh, we are in a civil war. We are in a war right now. And this is going to get uh, perhaps bloody uh, as, as we go on. You know, the politicians along, well, they're saying, well, Republicans are going to win in the, uh, maybe the Senate and, and sure, assuredly in the House. But the Democrats are going to do everything they can to create a national situation where they are going to try to maybe forego the elections. We know this is uh, one of their options. We can't assume that the Republicans are going to get through in November. I mean, the Democrats don't want to give up control. They're doing everything they can not to. Well, we saw what they did during the last election and how they corrupted that. And now I, I think we are seeing a, a run-up to 
something similar, if not exactly the same. They may try new tricks. But what I'm seeing is that there is a willingness to do just about anything to achieve their goals, which have to do with power and money and tyranny. How are we going to deal with this? How are we going to take America back? It's going to be taken back at the grassroots level, at the county level. We have to get the governors to start enforcing their Tenth Amendment rights against uh, uh, this overreaching federal government. The governors need to do more. But the sheriffs are very powerful in all of our 3,400-plus counties in America or something around that number. So it's a grassroots uh, uprising, and that's what's going to happen. We're just not going to take it anymore. We're tired of this. We're tired of an incompetent government. The surrender in Afghanistan, the interdiction that we have, the influence of the Chinese Communist Party in America. The border situation is an invasion of America. A lot of it's a national security issue, yeah. not an illegal immigration issue. And the plan has to be, and I gave it to Trump, that they continue to play defense with a special ops operation using what we have, the five to six cartels in the Sinaloa area killing more Americans uh, with fentanyl than we've lost in 20 years in the Middle East. Yeah. So that's why I say, Defense Department, get off your derriere and take action. Well, but they're not going to do it on their own, and they've been compromised too. I, I mean, everybody is broke these days, and including the military. And when, I, when we see what happened in Afghanistan, that was criminal. It was in collaboration with China. China was deeply involved in that. We have nobody at the helm who has America's interests at heart. Nobody in this government does. They're the most incompetent people in government that we've ever had in our entire history. And that's across the board. That's from the Treasury to the Defense Department to Energy to Commerce, Justice Department to FBI, CIA. It's just horrible that they've taken this government and dismantled it the way they have in the last 19 to 20 months. Yes, it's amazing that it has happened so quickly. But I think that's because when Obama was president, he put the pieces in place. And Donald Trump, with all the distractions that he had from, from the Democrats, really had a very short time to deal with it, and he wasn't able to do nearly enough. But the, the question I have now is, is this attack on Mar-a-Lago a watershed event that could trigger a civil war, in your opinion? It's already triggered it. We see it it happening now, Uh, absolutely. And when you look at it, it's really a violation of the Fourth Amendment. And this is the right of people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, effects, against unreasonable searches and seizures. And it shall not be violated. And no warrant shall issue, shall be issued. But upon probable cause, and supported by oath and affirmation of of that Fourth Amendment, describing how a place can be searched and persons uh, and things to be seized. But we know this was a political action by a militarized FBI under a very incompetent ray that Trump should have fired right from day one, but he didn't do it. Yes. And Trump never really formed the team of the generals and admirals. He never met with them enough, so that's, that's on him. They never had the Defense Department, Defense Department, excuse me, behind him because he didn't meet with them enough and form his own team in the Defense Department. 
Yeah, I, I think part of the problem with, with Trump was he came in as a businessman and did not have the background. Uh, I would have thought he would have hired better because he kept hiring and firing and firing, you know, yeah, and replacing people. Exactly. I, I'm wondering now, we're looking at the, at the entire world. We look at China and Russia and North Korea and Iran, and I'm wondering how much they are watching us and just waiting for the moment when they can take advantage. They're watching every hour of every day. They know exactly what's happening. The plants that the Communist Party of uh, the Chinese Communist Party have on Wall Street, at least 38 members of Congress in the Senate are beholden to the Chinese Communist Party on the money that's been put into their coffers by the Chinese, including Biden and uh, his son, uh, Hunter. And uh, they're pounced now uh, to take Taiwan. They're doing everything they can, uh, and uh, that, that could happen. Uh, the first bullet could be fired within the next 24 hours. We don't know. Russia's not our enemy. We've made them, we have upset them so much since Trump took office, blaming them for everything. And Putin's no dummy. He knows what he's doing in the Ukraine. He, he has reasons uh, there. And it's just too bad so many innocent people are being killed. But uh, if Trump was in office, this would have never happened in Ukraine. That's right. I think what Trump was able to do, and I think he was very successful at it, Donald Trump was a strong president. And he made it clear that he would not take any kind of offensive action against the United States Lightly, in fact, he would respond with a great deal of force. And as a result, there were no new wars during his administration. And Biden has completely thrown that away. Well, Biden's not a leader. He's in mental decline. Uh, you've got an incompetent Kamala Harris, uh, who is one of the most stupid people I've ever seen in politics. Uh, then you've got crazy Nancy Pelosi, who's drunk half the time. Yeah, and uh, they have no sense about him. Uh, again, you know, Trump met with Xi. He met with the North Korea leader. He met with uh, Putin. I don't know whether you knew it, but I set up the first meeting in Moscow between uh, Trump and Putin. No, I didn't know that. Uh, in 2017, when I was in Moscow speaking, I met the foreign ministry. We set everything up. And uh, that was uh, two months before General Flynn went over. But General Flynn called me on the way and wanted me to brief him. And then I was with uh, Jamal Khashoggi. He and I did a press conference in Moscow together uh, about the Middle East. So, you know, I've been involved uh, very deeply in what's been going on over there in Ukraine uh, and Russia. What's going on over there is very important, and we had better pay attention and be involved. Russia is clearly a power to be reckoned with, and it's very important that we, we keep our hand in wherever our adversaries are, it's important that we know what our enemies are doing. But what we have done is lo completely lost control of our connections with China and with Russia as well. Well, I mean, good leaders beat with other leaders. Biden is clueless. He does not have the capability to sit down with the Putin and talk things out or with Xi. That's what true leaders do. And my only concern about Trump in the next election is the people that he has surrounding him. Now, I was with Trump in Dallas uh, last week at the CPAC 2022 uh, convention, uh, gave a great talk, his best talk ever. 
But the girls down at CPAC, uh, they in and out of the park. Bo Bear from Colorado, uh, Carrie Lake from Arizona, Marjorie Taylor Green from Georgia. These women are warriors. They're tougher than the guys. Unbelievable. I was so impressed. Well, that's wonderful because it means we have a good team. We're going into the elections. And speaking of uh, getting it a little closer to home, you've been very busy writing books. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about your books and, and uh, then where, where people can find them. Sure. Amazon, uh, I have three, three books out there. Now I have a Kindle book called The Mindless War, The Mindless People That Are Creating uh, This War Environment. General McInerney and I have our second book out. It's called America's Endgame for the 21st Century. Uh, you can pre-order that now on Amazon. Reality Prism, uh, I was inspired that at, on, on, on that book by my visit to Jalal Sisi in Cairo, Egypt in uh, 2014. These books uh, are all on Amazon. Reality Prism, America's Endgame for the 21st Century, a blueprint for restoring the Republic uh, and our Constitution. And you also have a, a wonderful website. Yeah, the Stand Up America U.S. Foundation uh, has been around since 2005. Uh, we do TV, radio, interviews, uh, sponsor events, uh, our publishing department. We put out one of the best newsletters. It goes into 16 different countries, and that comes out uh, every Saturday morning. You can sign up for that on our website, which is standupamericaus.org. Ray DiLorenzo is our editor, does a terrific job on that uh, on that newsletter that comes out. So we're very active, Alana, at the foundation. We are very fortunate to have people like you, General, who are not afraid to stand up and say what you think. And we may not agree with everything you say, but we need to listen to each other and learn from each other and be strong in our defense of the country that we love. It's 30 seconds to midnight. And if we don't wake up in those 30 seconds and take back our country, it is not just we who will suffer, not just America. The entire world will suffer. We're on the road to having this new world order take over our lives and destroy everything that we've built. I wish you every success, General Vallely, in all your efforts to take back this country, return us to the values and the principles and the dreams of our founding fathers. Thank you, Alana. I'd be happy to get with you again on another interview and get updates uh, if you'd like. I'd like, no, I'd like that very much. This is something, the whole idea is that we, we, we don't just, you know, throw something out there and then leave it. We want to follow up on it and, and see how things are changing or getting better or getting worse sometimes. But at least to, to let our listeners know, our listeners are patriots, they're conservative, they're smart, and they understand what we're up against and the issues that we have to deal with today. So a big thank you to General Paul Vallely. Thank you for your service to this country, your lifetime of service to this country. And thank you for taking the time to be with us today on The Voice of a Nation. Thank you, Alana. Thank you, General Vallely. It's been an honor to have you on the show. We look forward to having you back again on the show, General, before the midterms, and hopefully we can talk about how much progress we have made between now 
and then. Now, in the first part of the show, I was talking about the position that our country is in today, a little bit about how it got that way, and where we go from here. And then I spoke to General Paul Vallely, who has devoted his life to this country. And he had a lot to say. My next guest is a man who is looking forward. And he has a message that I think we all need to hear. After the break, I will introduce you to our next guest. He is another patriot who has served this country in the Air Force and now serves as a reserve officer in his home state of Iowa, where he is now running for Congress in Iowa's 3rd District. You'll want to remember his name because this is a man who is going somewhere and he's going to take the dreams of patriots with him to Washington. So stay tuned because right after the break, I will be talking to Zach Nunn, who is now running for Congress, and you will want to hear what he has to say. So now we're going to take a short break, but I will be right back. I'm Alana Friedman, sitting in for my friend Malcolm Out Loud, and you're listening to the Voice of a Nation on the America Out Loud Network. As Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 120 times per month. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains full effective doses of science-backed nutrients, like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day, pill-free, ultra-absorption ingestible gel. It tastes great, comes in a convenient squeeze gel pack, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to the Voice of a Nation. I'm your guest host, Alana Friedman, sitting in for Malcolm Out Loud. And my next guest is a man who has proven himself in wartime and in politics. 
As a combat aviator in the U.S. Air Force and as a successful candidate for state office and now as a candidate for U.S. Congress. He was deployed in the Middle East three times and he flew over 700 combat hours. Then he ran for office in his home state of Iowa and was elected first to the House of Representatives and then to the state Senate. He is now running for Congress in one of the most closely watched races in the country. His opponent is Democrat Cindy Axney, who is a camp follower for House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and has voted with Pelosi 100% of the time. I'm pleased to introduce you to my guest today. Meet Zach Nunn, who is running for Congress in Iowa's 3rd District. Zach, welcome to the show. Alana, thank you so much. And uh, thanks to you, Malcolm, and all the listeners out there. This is one of those really important races, kind of at the crossroads to the future of America. What happens in this district is taking on an incumbent Democrat. We have the opportunity to decide who's going to lead America in 2023 and what type of a future we want by whether we have Republicans or Democrats in control of Congress. You know, you have just said something, Zach, that many people think but don't want to say out loud. This really is a contest between Democrats who now hold the power in our government and have set a pattern of ferocious tax and spend policies and Republicans who are still fighting for constitutional values that go back more than 240 years. And the very first thing that we're fighting for is free and fair elections. People like you, Zach, are, are, are really going to make a difference. Alana, you bring up very valid points. Uh, one of the concerns here that I share is election integrity and making sure that every vote that is lawfully cast is counted. You know, in my home state of Iowa, we have worked diligently to make sure that people have access to vote, but also that they know their vote counts. So we maintain a hard copy of ballots cast here uh, so that if there are concerns or if a recount is necessary, we have the ability to do it on the spot is accurate. But here's what I can say. We have got to be able to ensure the integrity of our voting machines, as well as the integrity of the officials in charge of those machines are being transparent and held accountable. And that's something I'm very proud of what we've done here in the state of Iowa. We've been recognized. I've been a leader on this in the state legislature. We have worked across the aisle. We've even brought Democrats on board to ensure transparency in our voting and our access and in our integrity. And this is where I think the states can continue to be leaders on this, whereas what the feds have tried to do under H.R. 1, the Democrats tried to nationalize voting in one of their first bills out and basically take over the entire process, everything from voting to redistricting in a way that would skew completely our election cycle towards a Democrat-run regime. But that was their number one bill, Lana. And this is one of the frightening things about Democrats is if given the ability to stay in power, this will be one of their number one issues, federalizing the presidential election in 2024. That's something we cannot abide. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it, I seem to remember that Iowa has paper ballots only, and the voters have to show ID. Both of those are true. Uh, so you've got to show uh, an ID in the same way that you would to you know, drive your car or go register 
register for a PO box to be able to set that up. And I think that's something Iowans respect and have asked for. And that's broadly popular on both sides of the aisle. For any vote cast in Iowa, there is both a hard copy and then a digital scan of that. So we've got multiple authentication methods. And if we retain those so that they can be counted if necessary going forward. So Iowa is really an example for the rest of the country, isn't it? It is. And this is one of the great things about the learning laboratories of our 50 states. It would be a shame to throw all the best practices that have come out of states like Iowa and others like us over in a federalization of our voting system. So, again, I think there's a lot that we are seeing return to the states successfully. And we have several states doing this very, very effectively and Best of all, it allows each community to really define how it wants to be led, managed, and executed. And as a result, we get best practices that can be shared with others. Far too often, Washington thinks they've got all the solutions. It puts together a 100-plus page bill on every single issue, and then we field it and realize that there are horrible errors with it, but we can't do anything about it because Congress won't act again. So this is one of those perfect examples like many here, everything that we've done in Iowa and other Midwest, Southern uh, and rural states is to say, let's lead on, you know, restarting the economy. And Alana, we did that here in Iowa. I helped lead the largest tax cut in state history. And guess what? It grew the economy. We have more money in our reserves than ever before. And we were rated the best state to recover from the pandemic Uh, while giving Iowans back more of their money, billions of dollars that they invested in their communities, in their hometowns, in their farms, their factories, and their kitchen tables. That's what we need, not a federal takeover uh, of a spin plan where it asks all Americans to tighten their belts and the federal government lavishes trillions of dollars in spending in its own personal pet projects at the cost of the taxpayer. You know, you bring up an interesting point. I think my listeners may remember that I ran for Congress once a few years ago, and the high points of the campaign was when somebody came over to me and said, Ilana, why in the world would you want to go to that swamp? So so my question to you, Zach, is having talked about how bad it is, why in the world would you want to subject yourself to the, the machinations of that swamp? Well, Alana, the, the part is if you would have been there, maybe that swamp would be a little bit better by now. And unfortunately, it's like my wife says, when good people stop standing up to do the right thing, then our country is in a world of hurt. I think your wife has the right idea. You know, I've served a career with the U.S. military. I've raised my hand and taken an oath to support and defend the Constitution And what we have done here in my public service on the military side, but as a state senator, we've passed really good legislation that helps all Iowans in our community, our families, our educators, Democrat, Republican. People believe that this is a good place to raise a family and to retire. That's something that we want to be able to do at the federal level. You know, there are certain things we can't do in the state Senate to protect our national security. Being able to stand up to our adversaries like Russia, China, and clearly what's happening against our friends in Israel with terrorist groups being sponsored by Iran. You've got to have a strong and firm leadership on our foreign policy because that also has a direct impact on our domestic policy. 
for my farmers, my factory workers, my families here. They need to know that this is going to be an America first policy that works for all Americans and for our allies to be able to stand with us. And that comes from Congress. Now, tell us a little bit about your campaign, Zach. You're running against Cindy Axney, who has become a serious player in the Democrat Party. Yeah, this is an exciting race. This is one of those top-tier races to beat only a handful of incumbent Democrats that are in vulnerable seats. And Cindy Axney is one of these candidates that says she's a moderate when she's in Iowa, and then will fly out to Washington, D.C., and vote more extreme than most progressives in her own conference. This is a woman who votes 100% with Nancy Pelosi, even at times where it hurts Iowans. And that's something that I think no state should expect from its member of Congress. Now, let me give you some examples on the ground. You know, in Iowa, Congresswoman Cindy Axney has never won more than 48% of the vote. And she's only done it in one county, Polk County around the Des Moines area. We've made a concerted effort as a guy who's run in the state Senate and won three times by double-digit wins over Democrat incumbents and in historic Democrat seats to be able to win a majority by talking to everyone. We talk to Republicans. We talk to independents. We talk to moderate Democrats. At the end of the day, there's probably a majority of things that we can agree are good for the country, and we have worked and we have delivered those solutions for Iowans of the state Senate. That's what's different about this race. We are committed to going out to all 21 counties in the new 3rd District, and we have a voting record that is strongly in favor of working middle-class Iowans who are taking care of their families and taking care of their fields. On the other end of this, we also have a Congress with Cindy Axney in full support that is turning her back on the economic harm that federal spending is doing to families that is turning their back on the influx of violent immigration coming across the southern border and spike in crime and the law enforcement trying to do the right thing. And we also have a horrible trend of a federal government led by folks like Cindy Axney who are trying to take away hard-earned and protected Second Amendment rights uh, for citizens across the country through federal overreach. And we here in Iowa have been very adamant. I've been a leader on making sure that our Second Amendment protections exist at a state level and that we won't be supporting any type of a federal takeover of our law enforcement that would infringe on lawful citizens' constitutional guarantees. Has the issue of education and specifically the teaching of things like critical race theory and gender identity to our young children, have these things become an issue in Iowa? Alana, no. This is an issue which has impacted every classroom in America, both as a parent of several school-aged children, as well as being a family of educators ourselves. I feel a lot of frustration towards what a small minority is trying to leverage to put on children in the classroom. So I'll give you a couple examples of where Iowa has done this right. Iowa is one of the first states with our legislature and Governor Kim Reynolds to get kids back to in-person learning and say, even though during a time of COVID, the threat was so low to their health, but the risk was so high for them feeling isolated, falling behind, particularly our, our kids who are in impoverished communities. 
and for self-harm due to depression, that it was more important to get them back in the classroom. Iowa led the way in that. We also made sure that kids had masks that were optional, not mandatory, because a teacher's union required it. We made sure that our educators felt supported with increases to school funding, but also held administrators accountable for what they were trying to force into the classroom. Iowa passed legislation to ensure that topics like CRT would not be taught in our classrooms. And we even went so far as to ensure that after the Pledge of Allegiance was being restricted in far too many classrooms in our inner cities, that now in Iowa, we start every day with the Pledge of Allegiance. And I think that that's an important thing. We all work together as Americans, and we don't always agree on every single issue, but we recognize we have far more in common as a country, democratically elected and servant to the people than we do mustering to some individual agenda that comes from outside the state trying to influence our educators, our kids, and our communities. So we're very proud of that. And I think at the federal level, we've got to maintain that same level of commitment to being able to help educate kids on what matters. Math, reading, writing, and a common sense reflection of a communal national history not a carve-out history that tries to redefine America. Now we have time for one more question, Zach, and here it is. The world is facing a triple threat from China, Russia, and Iran. What is your view of the position that America should take when dealing with these three countries? Well, uh, you bring up, I think, one of the things that's going to be most salient at the national level when it comes to U.S. domestic security. It means we have an effective national security strategy externally. And it means far less boots on the ground and far more ability to project power. Now, we have seen that happen in just a failed fashion for the last 18 months out of the Biden administration. Every single country is outmaneuvering the United States, Russia on oil is selling the U.S. oil at the same time it's invading a sovereign democracy. China is allowed to launch an impromptu military exercise because the Speaker of the House, not the President or the Secretary of State, decides they're going to make a 12-hour stop into Taiwan. And as a result, it's allowed China to practice its invasion plan for that island. And the administration here in the U.S., has turned a tone-deaf ear to Israel and the plight that's going on right on its own border as missiles fly into that country, largely paid and provided by the Ayatollah in Iran. Zach, this has been very enlightening, and I think our listeners have had an opportunity now to hear what you stand for and what your campaign is all about. How can they uh, check you out? Where? What is your website? Yeah, Alana, so let me give you uh, how listeners can get in touch with us. We would love their support. It is at www.zachnunn.com, and that is spelled Z-A-C-H-N-U-N-N.com. The biggest things we can do right now are be able to win in these competitive incumbent seats. Again, this is a plus three Republican seat. This is a seat we can win anything they can do to help us. And the best way right now is just a, a donation at any level. $5, $10, $100. It goes a long ways to standing up to incumbent Democrat machines in Washington who are hell-bent on holding on to power. We are on Facebook, Twitter. Join us there. Be part of the conversation. Fight back against just the outright falsehoods that the progressives are trying to put out there. 
And check us out at our website as well, zachnunn.com and Facebook. That would go a long ways. And Alana, thank you for your service, your leadership in having a dialogue that is thoughtful, and specifically your incredible work, um, both as a journalist, but also in your previous capacities as being a public servant and somebody who's been on the front lines of America's national security. Well, thank you very much, Zach, for that. And thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today and to share your vision with the listeners who I think are very much on your side and want to see people like you be successful in this campaign because, like you, they want to take America back. Thanks to you very, very much for being on the show today. Alana, it's a privilege. Thank you to you and your listeners. Your listeners in particular are the front line of whether we are successful this November and whether we are able to lead in January 2023. In this fight, we're all warriors on the front line. Not only do we need to get out there and vote, we got to support the candidates who can win. I hope to earn that privilege and would be humbled by the support from anybody listening to this today. Check us out, ZachNunn.com. Thank you, Zach. This has been a very full show, my friends. You've heard some things that you may not agree with completely or at all, but that's the point. The idea is to bring you new ideas and to share them with you and open the discussion. I'm Alana Friedman, sitting in for Malcolm Out Loud, and you've been listening to the Voice of a Nation on the America Out Loud Network.